Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with Roger and John, myself, Bob. Looking forward to having Neil back with us next week. Guys, how are you? Great, Doing Bob. great, Bob. How are you? Oh, very good. Happy Thanksgiving week to you. Uh, here's what we're going to be talking about today, everybody. The As we record this on Wednesday morning, it was just announced that Israel and Hamas have struck a temporary ceasefire deal. Four days of ceasefire for some hostages being released. But is this really a good deal when it's a three-to-one ratio of hostages to terrorists? We're going to dive into all of that. We've got a lot to explore in this. Later on in the podcast, toward the end of the podcast, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving and the kind of things that we're thankful for and that we ought to be thankful for. So a lot to unpack. As you listen to this podcast, we want to remind you, our podcast is sponsored, and we very much appreciate you folks supporting our sponsors. Like, for example, Preborn. Now, I know a lot of you that listen to us have given to Preborn already, and we appreciate that. We do. But for those of you that maybe haven't, would you prayerfully consider doing that right now? Remember, Preborn is the main pro-life group that shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms in pro-life centers all across the country. And as you know, when those moms see a picture of their baby, they choose life almost all the time. They usually end up accepting the Lord too. So it falls on us to pay for these ultrasound images. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life through ultrasound images. How many babies' lives will you be willing to save in a one-time gift? And look, it's Thanksgiving this week. We got Christmas coming up. What a great Christmas gift to save a baby's life and bring that mom to the Lord. So take $28 times fill in the blank. Pray about a number. And that's your forever legacy of babies' lives that you have saved. But it gets even better. You know, we have an anonymous donor who's agreed to match dollar for dollar everything that our listeners give between now and Christmas. So now $28 saves saves double the baby's lives. So here's how you give. Go right now to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn and give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn or just call 833-850-baby, 833-850-baby. Give what you can and remember every dollar is being matched right now. So let's save as many babies' lives as we can, okay? As we talk about the ceasefire deal, that they're that they've negotiated now. So here's the deal. Uh, as you know, on October seventh, when Hamas carried out their massacre on Israel, slaughtering thirteen to fourteen hundred Israelis, beheading babies, burning children, torturing, raping women. It's just incredible the atrocities that they engaged in. Israel has, of course, been taking prisoners. These would be terrorists and Palestinians who are attacking Israel, of course. Well, Here's the negotiated deal. Hamas says, we will go ahead and release 50 of the hostages we have, even though they've got like 240. But we'll release 50 of the Israeli hostages we have that are women and children, civilians, not combatants, in exchange for 150 of the Hamas and Palestinian 
prisoners that you're holding, and Israel's holding them prisoner for attacking them. So you're basically talking about a three-to-one ratio of terrorists, three terrorists released for every one innocent civilian woman or child. That's the deal that's been Who agreed to. Who thinks this to. is a good deal? Over the course of four days, I'm trying to figure that. I'm telling you, this thing has Biden administration stink all over it. Unbelievable. I I honestly really believe what's happened here is, and I don't know this for sure, but I would be willing to bet money, guys, that behind closed doors, Joe Biden's puppeteers told Netanyahu and his people, look, Biden continues to support publicly Israel, but it's hurting us in the polls because we're losing our young demographic base of college kids who are anti-Israel. So you want us to stay strong on Israel? You want us to stop calling for a ceasefire? then here's what we expect you to do. You go along with this deal, and but you have to claim that this is your deal, Netanyahu, and that we just worked on it tangentially. And you do that, and then we'll go ahead and, and, and keep on the pro-Israel message that we're holding. I'll bet you that's what's going on behind the scenes so that the Democrats can save face to try to keep the pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, anti-Israel, 18 to 25 Hitler youth voting for them next year. That's my personal and, opinion. And you, Maybe you it's probably, cynical. You're probably not wrong, Bob, but even even with that, let's just say that you are correct. The best deal you can strike is three for one? I know. That's I know, the best. I mean, no offense, is how, guys. This is how Put Biden me in front of that table, and I'll have a one for one at the end of the day. This isn't that difficult. All right. Now, you know what? John, I know you make your eye starts twitching every time I tout Donald Trump, but you know Trump would never agree to a deal oh, no. like this. Yeah, this would never yeah, this would never happen. Uh, Number one, this wouldn't have happened initially with him. I don't as exactly. I do not believe Hamas would have launched this October seventh nope. if Trump were still in the White House. I think they would have held their breath for another four years. Well, and by the way, the reason for that is we wouldn't have what's going on over in Ukraine and Russia right, That's right. now, meaning that our our military and what we've even got stockpiled and so on wouldn't have been depleted dinking around with that thing over there in Europe, and we didn't be in a whole different position right now. And no, this would not be going on in either one of those fronts. And that's absolutely right. And by the way, it's not to make it all about Trump here, but remember, Vladimir Putin, he uh, annexed Crimea when Obama was president. And then when Trump got in for four years, uh, Putin did basically the freeze frame statue. He held his breath for four years, didn't advance an inch until he was out, until Trump was out of there, Biden was in. And then that's when Putin started amassing his troops on the border to Ukraine to get ready to go back in. So, no, I don't believe we'd have the Ukraine war if Trump was still in. I'm convinced Hamas would not have launched this. They would all be waiting until 2028. And hopefully for them, some Democrat in office that they can go ahead and do this. That's that's at least my take on this. Yeah, Roger, yeah, we, what yeah. Really quick, Bob. Weak leadership. You know, this is what happens when you have weak I leadership. Know. This is this is what's created with weak You're leadership. Right. So again, I'm not even saying, and you know, whether it's Trump or any other strong Republican that would have been in there during this last four years. Granted, it would have been Donald Trump given the way things were. But let's face it, Bob. Anything other than a Democrat wouldn't create this. Yeah, well, I think Trump would have been the strongest deterrent Agree. to the terrorists of all of the Republicans. But in general, I think that you're right. Roger, what do you think about this deal? Uh, you know, you're a pastor, okay? And so you got the, you got a pastor's heart. And I know that you have a soft heart for the those civilians. You got women and children whose families desperately want them back home. And so in the short term, it's really a good humanitarian thing for these uh, women and children to be reunited with their families. But in the long term, 
All this does is embolden and empower terrorists to say, hey, all we got to do is take hostages from now on because it pays off for us. It's an interesting uh, dichotomy when you think about it, because, I mean, this morning I opened up my email. There's a note from Jay Sekulow saying, hey, praise God, we're actually making some progress now. This is a bit of a, you know, a negotiation. We're going to have 50 hostages returned to Israel. That's a good thing. Then you pull a couple layers back. And like you said, saying, wait, but for, you know, for 150 terrorists, I mean, that it, it's, this is Bo Bergdahl all over again. Why does U.S. Right. foreign policy math just seem so bad? And then, oh, by the way, page six, page seven of the New York Times. Um, so Iran is helping Russia now to arm up against Ukraine? Wait, wait, wait hold on. What, what, what's the deal that the U.S. had to make? This, I, I know we try to look at every different angle on this thing. And as a pastor, my, my heart is saying, good. For the women and children who are being released, this is fantastic. This is really good for these families. I think it's wonderful. I mean, we get our American brains off for a second. They don't care if it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. You know I mean? When we're recording right. this. This is right. all about, you know, the, the, the look we got. We've been getting so much heat on the women and children's side. This will give you Netanyahu an out, and it'll, it'll work out. But at the same time, there are so many bigger pieces moving in place. And the fact that the Biden administration has been touted this every day for the past week we're coming closer we're coming closer there's going to be a deal and this is the deal i mean guys the larger issue i think for us is we take a look at the 2024 election and say boy that divide that chasm that we see in the culture right now has gotten so much bigger and more brazen i mean the fact right. that mm-hmm. the, the, the takeaway for me is the fact that that the, this current administration would broker this deal tell everybody it's a good thing and that half of america would believe them that's I just, know. It, it's mind-boggling. And, 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 it, it and really quick, is. To top all that off, keep in mind, this is a four-day ceasefire giving Hamas the opportunity right. to actually you know, then do more damage, booby traps, you name it, in response mm-hmm. to what's going on. So not only are we not getting a good deal, I say we because I'm on Israel's side here, not right. only are we not getting a good deal, three to one, we're now going to give them four days to sort of recoup where they're at on their side strategically even. How is this a good deal at all, period? I know. They need to not be allowed a second to catch their breath, let Correct. alone four days. Correct. And that's exactly what's being given to them in a three-to-one uh, three to one terrorists for Debacle. women and children, civilians ratio trait. It is absolutely insane. And I know we got a lot more, John, to talk about this as we go through this podcast, but uh, we do want to remind our listeners that uh, we want them to support our sponsors, like, for example, ADF, because yes, Alliance Defending do. Freedom really does a lot of great work for people. It does. You know, we, we talk about this weekly, and, and guys, really, and I'm always targeting the business owners because, really, for you guys, it's not that it's more important for you than it is for you know, the regular, you know, citizen of the United States of America, but frankly, it is. In some cases, your businesses are on the line and all it takes is one lawsuit to put you out of business. And ADF is there to help protect you from not only those lawsuits, but future lawsuits, by the way, because once precedent is set by ADF, it protects you as an owner. So go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net today, give to ADF and you business owners, please do that. And you get nice tax deduction here at year end as well. Absolutely. We appreciate you doing that as we try to unpack this this deal uh, in Israel. So I guess now I'm trying to figure out, Roger, what happens from this point? Okay, we have a four-day ceasefire. That means that Hamas gets to, uh, they get to uh, collect their thoughts. They get a little bit of a breather. They get to, uh, as John said, set up whatever booby traps and, and basically reestablish their their plan of attack against Israel and their defenses. They get to fortify their defenses. So they get basically a four-day pause in this as you get 150 
Hamas terrorists that are going to be put back into circulation. So to me, it just seems that once this is done, Israel's got to go back. They, they have to pick up the ground war again four days later and and just go with the decimation campaign. I don't know where they have any choice. Yeah, and it's interesting because we've, we've long maintained that the way that the Israelis handle this situation, which I think is the right way, is they always put up a good defense. They've got the Iron Dome. They've got the military that's ready to take out, you know, the different uh, caches of weapons that come through Syria and Iran and whatnot. And we know who is funding Hamas in this effort. Mm -hmm. At the same time, though, if they're going to reload, it's almost as if Hamas slash Iran slash Russia slash China, whoever else is behind them in this, is daring Israel to say, okay, we're, we're going to see if you're going to twitch. I mean, in four days from now, who's going to cast the first stone? Because initially, uh, Israel's done, I think, a good job of, you know, and the Western media hasn't helped them, but places like we have, where we talk about the fact that once, you know, Israel is attacked, they will come back with a vengeance and they've been taking out these tunnel systems and, and exposing the, the horror, horrific crimes that Hamas committed against Israeli citizens on October 7th. Now the question is, okay, it's a level playing field. I think the worst part about this thing isn't so much the three-for-one hostage exchange. It's now that the playing field has been reset. Who's going to strike first? You know, Israel can't be the aggressor. They can't be perceived as the aggressor here. And yet it doesn't look like they have any, well, there was, we negotiated a ceasefire. We, we, we dealt with you in good faith. We released the women and children. Who cares if it's terrorists? Because everybody in Hamas is a terrorist. So, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. you know, and anybody who wasn't part of the body count is going to, you know, they have to do it anyway. Category. They have to yeah, do it anyway. They do. They do. Yeah. So you, you do it, but at the same time, Netanyahu's hands are really tied right now. And uh, I'm praying for the IDF, you know, to be able to withstand the next attack because it won't necessarily be a surprise per se, <clears throat> but it will be, um, a surprise. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, uh, come on. Israel doesn't stockpile their military armament in schools, okay, and in hospitals, hospitals. Mm -hmm. right, the way that Hamas does. Israel doesn't use women and children as human shields. They don't launch missiles from residential neighborhoods. I mean, Israel doesn't do these things. Before they went into Gaza, they took a couple of weeks and gave a heads up and a warning, dropping over two million flyers telling people, get out of northern Gaza because we're coming in. It was Hamas that was blocking their own people from leaving and even executing some of them that tried to leave. So I, I, to me, this is just so lopsidedly white hat versus black hat. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out how anybody outside of spiritual and demonic deception and darkness, I don't know how anybody could possibly be sympathetic to the, the Palestinian side. But John, I want to ask you about something regarding this, because there was a poll that was that just came out last week. And this was a Bizrit Arab poll that was taken in West Bank and in Gaza. Now, this is a, a poll taken of Palestinian people. And they were asked, do you support Hamas, Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigade, uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad? Do you support these groups? Uh, on average, between 76 and 89% said, yes, we support them. And so when you have 80% of the Palestinian people saying, we support what was done on October 7th. We support these terrorist organizations. Uh, this is a joke that the left wing in this country is out there protesting on behalf of the Palestinians because there are such victims here. It's not Hamas we're supporting, it's the Palestinians. The Palestinians support Hamas. They're saying so, John, with their own mouth. Ignorance, Bob. Total 
total ignorance, especially on well, our gays side. for Gaza, gays for Gaza, queers uh, for Palestine. <laughs> absolutely, I, I have no other word for it. These are just very ignorant people that are blind of the truth or just choose to. De- they're either ignorant or in denial or a little bit of both, guys. I, I, there's no other explanation for it. It's as plain on the nose on your face. You look at the facts, some of the things you just read off, Bob, on top of all of the other things that we've talked about in previous weeks on this podcast and our shows as well, and even your commentaries, Bob. The reality is it's either total denial, total ignorance, or a combination of both as to why you'd support Hamas. Uh, Roger, do you have any kind of theory at all about how we can have 80 plus percent of Palestinian people themselves saying, hey, I'm glad what happened on October 7th happened. I support this and we support Hamas and the rest of them. Uh, Yet here in America, you've got thousands and tens of thousands of 18 to 24 year olds that are convinced Palestinians are the poor oppressed victims here. Well, let's face it, when you take critical thinking away from people, not critical race thinking, but critical thinking, then mm-hmm. you don't have any sense of cognitive dissonance whatsoever. I mean, I understand the Palestinian people saying what they say, because quite frankly, if you're being held by terrorists and they've got a gun to your head and they're forcing you to read a ransom note, you read the ransom note, right? I mean, that I, I don't believe for a minute that they sit there and think, wow, this is a really good thing. You know, I mean, we elected this terrorist group 20 years ago. Israel's completely withdrawn from the area from 2005 on. And oh, I'm so happy we have terrorists that are running us here. And way to go, guys. Way to knock over Israel who isn't here. Yeah, but this you know, isn't a Palestinian poll that was taken, yeah. okay? Uh, well, Bizret is is an Israeli group, so well, these are but, these are friend these are people you don't have to be afraid of answering the question. Yeah, you would think that they would. You know, as far as American college students, I mean, guys, we've talked about this ad nauseum. I mean, it's amazing how many people just really don't understand. Here's what the, guess what? Women and children are dying because of those Israelis. Don't you hate them? Oh, sure, I do. Absolutely. Do you know anything about it? Well, I have a smartphone. You know, I have a TikTok channel. I mean, I, we I get went MSNBC to college. over here. We That's get right. CNN That's over right. here. I, I have not one but three degrees from Ivy League schools. Well, so what? <laughs> I mean, gosh, what 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 are the ever loving? We've all had that conversation about how much knowledge we are grateful to be able to pass back and forth with each other and sharpen iron together without the benefit of even one Ivy League degree among the four of us. I mean, well, I take that back, Neil, and he, but he's not here, and that's why he's not here today. So we wouldn't have to have getting this Ivy League conversation with him. No, I'm just being uh-huh. sarcastic, but but. The name of the game is, yeah, there's a lot of ignorance that's happening here yeah. in the U.S. And there's a lot of emotion-driven, these are my facts because they're my feelings. And, you know, I how know. do you combat that? How do you combat it's a post, that? It's a post-truth world. But, uh, yeah. hey, Roger, tell us real quick, if you would, because we got a lot more to unpack about this as well. But we want our listeners to support Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial, too, because he can re- he's helped a lot of our listeners get their financial houses in order. And we, we, need to do, we need to multitask. We need to do that while addressing these, these huge issues like Israel. Absolutely. It's a good thing you didn't go to watch MSNBC to figure out what's happening with the market because they will have you investing all over the place. But Dennis has spent nearly 55 years, uh, literally since the moment he got married and started a family, helping people find alternatives to what the market tells you you can do with your money. They say go into an IRA or 401k and Dennis says, no, there's an alternative here that does not keep the the government as your business partner in your retirement. If you want a real estate investment trust alternative, not the traditional RIT, 
or IET where you invest in it for a year, get a good return, and then you're stuck with it for 15 years. How about a three-year return that guarantees 7%? I'm not making this up. This is, these are all things that I've seen, I've experienced, I know Dennis, I trust him, and that's why I'm grateful that he's a partner with us here at the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the Wilson Financial Advisors banner, or just call him directly at 800-696-9970, because as the world gets crazier, and as we look at international markets, now people are trying to get rich quick. There are ways that you can invest with godly principles, that you protect the money that you are called to steward, and also, you know, get a nice little return out of it too. There's nothing illegal about it, but it reflects your values as well as good business principles. So call Dennis Wilson right. and make that happen. You know, uh, when talking about when talking about Hamas and Israel and the Biden administration and the young people that are that are the pro taking the Palestinian side in this. There was another poll, John. I'm curious to get your take on this. Uh, among young, these are the 18, actually 18 to 34 year olds. Usually it's 18 to 24. Okay. But among 18 to 34 year olds, uh, do you approve or disapprove of how Joe Biden's handling foreign policy uh, before October 7th? This was in about in the 40s or so. Okay, okay. but. After October 7th and Joe Biden coming out in favor of Israel, 18 to 34-year-olds, his support for foreign policy dropped to 20%. So 18 to 34-year-olds are obviously upset with Joe Biden because of how he's handling the Israel-Hamas thing. So this is a problem, of course, for Mm -hmm. Biden and for the Democrats because they've watched their poll numbers go down. NBC News, which skews their polls heavily pro-Democrat, actually has Trump beating Biden by two points now, which which for NBC News is almost impossible to do. That tells me that Trump is actually beating them by, by at least six or eight points. So... What what does I'm going to put you in the position now of being a, a Democrat strategist? What do the Democrats do in this case? Because they're in a rock and a hard place. They don't want to alienate these eighteen, they especially eighteen to twenty four year old voters. Yeah, they they need, need them, them next right. November, but they also can't come out and say with their outside voice what they're really thinking with their inside voice, which is we hate Israel too. Well, you do what they've just done with this ceasefire and the terrible, you know, swap that we've been talking about. That's, you know, number one. Number two, and this is my prediction, you eventually have to get Joe Biden to step down and get a Gavin Newsom in, who, by the way, does very well on that particular demographic of what you're talking Mm -hmm. about. So, yeah, there's a twofold strategy here. This is is probably wasn't initially in their playbook because I don't think, you know, I guess there's probably some conspiracy conspiracy theorists out there that would say that the Democrat Party knew what Hamas was going to do, but I I don't know that I would go that far. So I don't know that this is really what they planned, although they're now using this to their advantage in this way. In fact, using it, in my opinion, guys, in a way to say, Joe, look at your polling numbers. At some point, you've got to back down. We've got to get somebody else in because at this point in time, uh, one of the, you know, I'll just say it, worst candidates on the Republican side is polling better than you are. We can't have that. Right. Well, I'm still convinced that uh, before the end of the year that Joe Biden makes the, quote, surprise announcement. Because remember, Gavin Newsom, Gretchen Whitmer, all these Democrats on the sidelines, they're pretty much like the, if you think of the foot race, if you think of the 100-yard dash and you look at all the players, all the runners standing there bent over with their hand on the ground and they're just waiting for the gun to go off, that's who all these Democrats are right now. They're just waiting for the gun to go off, but they can't 
take off in their sprint until Joe Biden makes it official. So, But they need time for next year's primaries as well. Yeah, I, so, I don't know if it's by end of year or very early next year. I'm with you, though. It is within, let's say, within the next 60 days, I believe, Bob, something along those lines has to happen. Because to your, Now, here, here's the other thing, and I've not been able to determine this, and maybe you guys know the answer. When it comes to the campaign giving or the the you know the bank account if you would that Joe Biden has in regards to the election can that be transferred directly to a Gavin Newsom that's a, that's a great question i don't know and cuz if it, it can the, the timing of this doesn't have to be in the next 60 right, days that's right but i i don't think that that's the case though I, unless the biden campaign is allowed to make a donation to see i thought that could be transferred campaign. right over to to Gavin, uh, as long as it's inside the same party, I thought some of that was fungible. But again, I don't know that. For you sure, know guys. what would you know what would be uh, what would probably answer that question, John, is if we could find out if the big Democrat donors are donating specifically to Biden twenty four, or if they're or donating to the DNC or right, to yeah. a pack to, to like yeah. a DNC pack or yeah. something. Because mm-hmm. if they're doing that, then you're right. I think that that would be more fungible, and they can transfer that over, and that would probably be a good indication that yep. they want those donations. Donations yep. to be fungible because that's what they're planning on doing. Well, regarding the fungibility part, I, I can speak from experience here in the People's Republic of California. You know, Gavin Newsom did uh, survive a recall attempt in 2021 mm-hmm. when he ran for re-election in 2022. He had such a massive war chest and he had such a huge lead that he actually started using some of his own campaign money for the Yes on Proposition 1 campaign to get abortion codified into the state constitution. So I'm not sure how that goes from candidate to candidate, but I found it very interesting that the Gavin Newsom Newsom for governor campaign was actually buying ads for Prop 1 instead of buying ads for Gavin Newsom. So that, that, that'd be a big California thing. I don't know how that works, but you're right. You know, the, all the packs behind the scenes. Right. Ask Dinesh D'Souza how that works. You know, no, I mean, in no, terms no, of you know, what you can and what you can't give. You know, Tom Steyer's sitting in the waiting right. in the wings saying, who am I supposed to write my check to? Don't make it happen. And listen, as we uh, as we come down on the first half of this podcast, in the second half, we're going to talk a little bit more inside politics because I I am kind of curious to get you guys' take on what's coming up on the Republican side as far as the Iowa caucuses go and Bob Vanderplatz uh, saying, I'm going with Ron DeSantis. And does this revig- reinvigorate his campaign? So we'll, we'll talk about that in the second half. Then also we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving and what we're thankful for as believers in Christ, certainly, and as Americans. I do want to remind everybody that if you haven't given to Preborn yet, please do that now. It's $28 to pay for ultrasound images that stop one abortion to save one baby's life, right? $28 saves one baby's life. I'm asking everybody in the audience right now, pray about a number of babies' lives you'd be willing to save. Take $28 times fill in the blank, whatever that number is. Is it 10 babies? Then that's $280, all right? Is it 100 babies? It's $2,800. How much can you afford to give in a one-time gift? Hey, it could be a nice tax write-off for you. And what a great... Uh, Christmas gift too, to save a baby's life and bring that mom to the Lord all at the same time. So here's how you give. Go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, and you can give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds and the number of babies' lives that you're saving, multiply it times two because there's an anonymous donor who said, I'm going to match dollar for dollar everything 
that the National Crawford Roundtable podcast audience gives uh, between now and Christmas. So crawfordmediagroup.net, click on Preborn, or just give them a call at 833-850-BABY. They answer the phones 24-7, so call now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And we're going to get into a lot more of this in the second half. Don't forget you can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. Second half, coming up next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh of the bottom line from the People's Republic of California, Gavin Country. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. We look forward to having Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York, back with us next week. So in the first half, we were talking about the Hamas uh, ceasefire uh, with Israel and the, the absurdity of that, but we've kind of shifted it toward the political fallout from this answer, and the, the Biden way. administration. Yes. Yeah, so John. the answer on the campaign donations are there's right. three choices. All right. They can be used to pay off, maybe four choices, I should say, be used to pay off all the debt, of course, from the campaign. They okay. can be returned to the donors. They can right. be given to a PAC or with Got donors' it. permission anywhere else the donor agrees. And there you go. Do you have There's to get where, individual donor agreement then for? Yes. Well, at least the big. Okay, but at least the big donors. Yeah, would be you got you know. Do. Yeah, you got yeah. your big donors out there. You just get permission from okay. them. Okay. Hey, so I'm it's dropping. fungible. I'm going to give this to. I'm going to give this to Gavin. Right. So, so it's in all that in, case, for, yeah. that changes possibly some of this timing because bottom line is it doesn't have to be as early as we think. Right. Uh, right. But I, I, you still have prime. You still have the Iowa caucuses coming you do. up. And you got the New Hampshire primaries and South Carolina after that. Although so you could throw Gavin in the day before and it's already slammed Well, you off. know, that is that is probably true. But, I mean, are we really going to have Iowa caucus elections with Joe Biden on the ballot and not having the Democrats starting the process yet? Well, he has, he has kept his name off in, I believe, it's New Hampshire. I mean, the idea is that uh, it w- wouldn't be the first time that's happened. I think LBJ stayed off of it, too, because they figured we're not going to spend any money running here. Yeah. We're not going to campaign. We're going to win it anyway. But it is somewhat ominous, the fact that he is you know, so confident on the Democrat side that he's going to get the nomination. I don't buy that for a minute. I think that we've got two perfect scenarios. I mean, we talked 25th Amendment before he was uh, voted into office. And we've discussed ad nauseum the different ways that Joe Biden could get pushed aside. You know, there's always the health thing. There's the 25th Amendment thing. There's the impeachment thing. You know, whatever it's going to be. And quite frankly, I wouldn't put it past the Democrats for them to push old Uncle Joe out of the way so they could, you know, swear Kamala in and say, look, we got our first woman president for a couple of months. Then she pulls a hamstring and here comes Gavin Newsom and Gretchen Whitmer to save the day on their white horses. So I'm there's yeah. a lot of different monkey business that's going on behind the scenes. And it, it's just it'll be fascinating to watch what they do to try to pull this off in the name of saving democracy i know of course i know which by the way you know what we look at the democrats and we say okay they obviously have to get joe biden out of there there's no way that he can actually stay in office stay in the race all the way up to november of next year right because what are they really gonna elect somebody like this that can't even hardly walk and then i think to myself hold on a minute they have been willing for the last four years to prop him up i'm not sure if joe biden if he had a stroke and i certainly would not you know pray for his health absolutely okay but let's say that he actually really did have a stroke and it was like that movie dave or or whatever where the, the president is really in a coma somewhere 
I would not be a bit surprised if the Democrats wouldn't just go ahead and run with that anyway. Uh, because look what they've been willing to do for the last. They've been willing to prop up a guy, a dementia patient mm-hmm. who who can't even walk. They've been willing to prop him up by two by fours to be president. Why wouldn't they take somebody with just a cardboard cutout or a hologram and do it again? And nothing would surprise me from these Democrats anymore, quite frankly. So, Although his polling numbers are such that they've got to the be issue. paying attention to that. Right. That is the issue. Which I mean, the guy brings... doesn't know Britney Spears from Taylor Swift. <laughs> All the humanity. I, I barely know Britney Spears <laughs> from Taylor Swift. I'm still trying to figure out why Taylor Swift and, and whatever that football player, Kelsey. Kelsey, I'm still trying to figure why this is some kind of big news. You know, mm. uh, one brief mention on Entertainment Tonight, but come on, headline story week after week. What's the latest on the Kelsey Swift? I don't know. Yeah, All right. Nobody cares. What about the Republican side, though? You, you've got in Iowa, the Iowa caucuses, that's that's a huge thing. There's no doubt. Bob Vanderplatz, who is a very influential evangelical Christian leader in Iowa, uh, he's never been a Trump fan. So he wasn't a Trump fan in 2020. He wasn't in 2016. So no real surprise he's not now. He decides he's going to throw his weight behind Ron DeSantis and not Nikki Haley. Okay, fine. Ron DeSantis also gets Iowa's governor endorsements. So those are a couple of powerful endorsements. Trump got uh, Greg Abbott from Texas, Texas uh, governor. Okay, fine. But do you think that Bob Vanderplatz and the Iowa governor, does this give enough momentum to DeSantis that he can resurrect, uh, that he can basically uh, stop Nikki Haley's overtaking him for second place and actually revitalize his campaign? Or is that not enough? Not enough. Nope. 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 He, he's I'm, done. I'm sorry. I, and as much as I like DeSantis, he just terrible campaign strategy. Had had this thing to lose and did. Yeah. yeah. All sorry. right. So that's not enough. Vanderplatz isn't enough for him, Roger. Then. By the way, but no. really quick. By no, the way, so. the other beef that I've had of late, and I know he's probably don't want to shift gears here again, but your Speaker of the House should not be endorsing candidates right now. By the way, either. It is pretty early for him to endorse, isn't it? I mean, come on, guys. That is just not even, quote-unquote, Christian-like. Yeah. You're the Speaker of the House. You're supposed to be neutral right now until at least you've got a leader coming into the primaries. But really, even then, frankly, as Speaker of the House, shouldn't be behind anybody until primaries are over. Yeah. Well, um, okay. Yeah, don't give me that, Bob. No, you should not be. You're the Speaker of the House. You're supposed to be neutral on that in your own party. Who says you're supposed to be neutral? I can see the RNC having to be neutral, okay? The RNC has to stay neutral until they get a nominee. But why does the Speaker have to be neutral? Because he's the guy out fundraising, making things happen. He is literally, as far as the House of Representatives, the face of the party. And no, he should not be taking sides right now. All right. Well, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I partially agree with you, but I mostly disagree. And you might be right. I don't know. But RNC, yeah, they have to play neutral until they get a nominee. But uh, Speaker of the House, I think he's still allowed to be a congressman while being Speaker and leader of the party. But, you know, okay. All right. It is what it is. Uh Anyways. So you think that okay? So all right. Uh, if it's if DeSantis is done, then the only real stopper for Trump is Nikki Haley. I know you want him stopped, John. I don't, but I know that you do. Okay, fine. Is I don't think Nick, you can is stop Nikki him right Haley now, able is, to stop him? No, I don't think so either. I mean, I hate to say this. Um, I think he's going to be the candidate, which means we've got to do as much as we can to try to help him be 
a better candidate. And my fear is, is will he listen to those wise individuals around him to help him do better when it comes to reaching even some of the demographics we've talked about in the first half? You know what? The Vanderplatz thing is a perfect example, okay? Uh, And actually, one of the things I'm saying on my own show is that here's where Trump needs to be smart and not dumb, okay? Uh, The dumb thing would be for him to go scorched earth on Vanderplatz and on the governor of Iowa and how dare you and whatever, and then burn bridges so badly that these people can never come around and support him again in the primaries. Uh, And so don't go, and don't alienate evangelical Christians, right? Uh, Trump, we both, we all know, he is a a bridge burner, there's no doubt. And he's the guy who says, look, you want to reconnect the bridge again? You got to construct it. I'm not going to help you. You reconstruct the bridge, you come to me, and okay, fine. But uh, so I, I don't agree with him there. But this is where we get to, I know we've talked about this before, right? If he's going to be the nominee anyway, uh, the last thing I want to do is poison the well for soft Trump voters or leaning Republican voters that really don't like Trump's personality. I don't want to so poison the well for them that we burn any bridge of possibility of them connecting to Trump next year. So that's why my thing is, hey, come on, let's, there's plenty of negative to focus on Trump. But you know something? Let's start shining the light on the positive stuff so that we don't end up... Uh, yeah, he just has to buy into the same thing. I mean, I think all of us, even as as folks in the media and, and, and folks that are helping to promote this on our side of the aisle, yeah, Bob, we can do all of that, and I don't disagree with you at all. Now, let's get him to do that. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. absolutely. Somehow, so, some way, let's get him to do that. I, I, I agree. Okay, we've got a lot to unpack. What we're going to do is we're going to shift over to talking about Thanksgiving uh, here in the second half of the podcast as we do. And let me just say, there's so many things for us to be thankful for. There are. Uh, one of them, of course, is preborn. And you hear me talking about preborn all the time during this podcast. Uh, we're going into Thanksgiving. This is Thanksgiving week, everybody. we got Christmas coming up in four weeks. And you know what a great Christmas gift would be? Saving a baby's life. That's right. $28 is all it takes to save one baby's life through preborn. What you're doing is you're paying for the ultrasound image for that mom to see a picture of her baby, and she chooses life almost all the time. And she usually ends up accepting the Lord, too. So, what I'm asking everybody in our audience to do is pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. What number of babies' lives will you be willing to save? It's a one time gift. Be a nice tax write-off for you this year, too. So take $28 times fill in the blank, and whatever that number is, that's your one-time gift. That's your forever legacy of the number of abortions you and your family stopped. And we've got an anonymous donor being willing to match dollar for dollar. So now you can take that number and multiply it times two, okay? Here's how you give. Go right now online to crawfordmediagroup.net. That's crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on preborn, give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. If you want to talk to a real life person on the phone, call 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And let's let's save some babies' lives. Take advantage of this uh, matching dollar for dollar anonymous donor. We appreciate that. So guys, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. So tomorrow is Thanksgiving. First of all, just in a general sense, what's Thanksgiving look for you guys? Roger, what's the the Marsh household look like out there in the in the CCP of California? That's right in the in the People's Republic. Well, the hammer and sickle is in our uh, you know, experience, but nonetheless, we have uh, we, Lisa and I have six kids between the two of us, and so got a couple 
expectant mommies, one of whom will be with us mm-hmm. tomorrow along with her husband and our grandson. And then everyone else is across the mile, timing and WhatsApping and things like that. And so we'll do a great job of cooking a meal and I will do a job of eating it. That's, that's, uh-huh. we play that's how it works. in there, but it's, it's going to, it's going to be, I know, frankly, for us as a family, we're grateful to have her mom and my mom and dad still with us. My parents just turned 90 here, mom's in her mid 80s. And mm. it's, it's, it's nice to see as the family's expanding, as the grandkids are, you know, starting to come around more. Also still have uh, so many active great grandparents in lives. It's just, it's a real blessing. So yeah. that's a relatively low key day. But uh, like I said, my, my wife will get the brunt of the work tonight and tomorrow and tomorrow night. I'm on cleanup. Yeah. How it works around <laughs> all right that's all right that's all right yeah. what uh what does the rush household what's that going to look like tomorrow John? similar to similar to to roger i mean it's a similar situation we've got everything from you know my parents who in are in their 80s and, and in-laws and you know we have a lot of family and it runs deep and kids and grandkids and new babies and a lot of the same things i can almost mimic what roger just said and on the same token, uh, you know, not not necessarily, I mean, low-key is probably not the right word for that, but, you know, it's still fun, it's enjoyable, it's great, um, thankful. I, I mean, guys, I cannot say that enough, thankful not only for all of that, but just, you know, the great country that we live in, even with the things we talk about on a daily, weekly basis, there's not another country in the world I'd want to live in. This is still America. It still has a lot of great potential. We can get things back on track. I'm thankful, by the way, for a... A group of individuals, Crawford Broadcasting, where we can come on air and do the things that we do daily, and by the way, not be told what to do and have full agreement in the things that we say. Right, right. We do have that freedom, and we're granted that freedom here, not just as Americans, but we're granted this freedom in this uh, company as well. Because right. you're right, we don't get told what to say. You know, nope, uh, we do not. And, and, uh, and it, you know what, Bob? I think that's really important because you know what? There are a lot, a lot. A lot, I mean, probably the majority of stations and hosts that cannot say that. Right. I know. You know what? They really can't. I mean, look at Fox News right now. Every host on Fox News uh, does the gender pronoun thing because you know they're getting that from above. That's right. I'm guessing the overwhelming majority of those hosts do not want to refer to Caitlyn Jenner as she, her, or whatever, but they're forced to. We are not forced to, and and we're very thankful for that, certainly. Of, uh, so what does your household look like, Bob? Oh, man. You know what? We got six boys, and it's uh, float over. So here's what we're going to do. actually do tomorrow. We... The Lions game. By the way, Detroit Lions, are you kidding me? Okay, we have got one of the best. The Detroit Lions have the best schedule so far that they've had since in over three decades. So it's really incredible. We're on fire. We're excited about that. The Lions play every Thanksgiving. And so we're going to be watching the Lions take on Green Bay. Some of my boys come over to the house while we're putting up Christmas decorations. And then once the game is over, about 4, 430 then it's it's the big Thanksgiving thing. My wife, of course, making the whole big spread, uh, and while the boys over and the grandkids, we'll just you know we'll just have a good time uh, with uh, with each other uh, doing that. Although I do have to say, and maybe you guys could help settle an argument for me, okay? When it comes to cranberry sauce, the right thing is the cranberry paste that oozes out of the can like cat food. That's nope. the right can. To, not <laughs> nope. the nasty, tart, whole cranberries with sticks and stems still stuck to you them. You can have all of it for all I care. Okay. 
<laughs> I, 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 I couldn't care less about cranberry, but really? I do know Bro, that we. Me neither, but, Roger. But we, but I, but I, I do know we don't do it out of a can. That I just thought. No, of, you got to do yeah. it out of the can. That's where you turn the can upside down. You let it slowly, yeah. thump, and it boing, 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 boing. And no, it, it comes out. Like, you can still see the ripples of the can, and yeah. the, you slice it up, and that's it's how like you eat cranberry. Cranberry sauce. gummy bears. No, yes. it's, it's, it's no, not well, happening. It's not, no, it's no. cranberry paste. Is <laughs> yeah. what it is. Uh, to, so we always have to have that. We have to have the real cranberries for all the wrong people, and then we have to have the cranberry paste for me, the only correct one. So. Is there a cranberry table then that you sit at by yourself? <laughs> I know, really. Make me make me sit at another table somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which, by the way, I know it's also a football day. You guys going to be watching any football games? You guys going to watch the the Lions and the oh, Packers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That, okay, that, Roger. That, I, mean, I don't know like about most Americans, but that's kind of a tradition, Bob. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I know it, it is. Which, by the way, guys. Just so you know, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is no longer kid friendly for the grandkids. Right. Okay. Right. Because, you know, they have gone transgender now. That's and one of those things I stopped watching a long time ago. I know. Uh, Target stores. I don't know if anybody on Friday is planning on going to Target stores, but as you know, Target just continues going woke. Uh, the whole Bud Light thing didn't teach uh, Anheuser Butch. A lesson clearly, and the Target stores with their tuck-friendly swimwear in June, they didn't learn their lesson. They've hired a a new Pride officer, and sure enough, the quote-unquote Pride merchandise is out. You have the rainbow flag nutcrackers, and the latest merchandise they're adding is the LGBT rainbow flag holding Santa Claus. That's there's Santa holding a rainbow flag. He's wearing a shirt that has rainbow colors on it that says. Love is love, and he has a heart-shaped belt buckle, and he's got rainbow suspenders. And this is the Santa Claus now that they're selling. I wonder what Mrs. Claus thinks about this. So, guys, I'm not one of those, hey, lunch lots of boycott kind of thing, but I am one of those people who says, you know what, there's just certain places I just don't want to give them my money, and frankly, Target is one of them. Right. Agreed. Can't disagree with that. I I haven't been there in, honestly, Bob, years. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's really and I'm not a really boycott guy either like you, but it's just like you know what I can spend my money elsewhere. I know. Well, here's the thing: you don't have to go on a, a hunger strike and chain yourself to the front of a building to let your voice be heard. Uh, years ago, you remember Carl Karcher of the uh, you Carl lost Jr. me at hunger strike. You lost yeah. me at hunger strike. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Karcher of the Carl's Jr. and Hardy's uh, franchise, strong Catholic guy, married with twelve kids. I I'm friends with his uh, one of his grandsons who's at number fifty seven in line. I mean, they they're totally pro life. And when the the whole fight for you know whether or not Roe was going to be overturned years ago, the Carl's Jr. headquarters was right down the street from where I was working for a Christian company that produces a lot of Christian programming, and. Carl Carter used to come down from the corporate office, walk into that main store and hand out free famous star hamburgers, you know, not the burgers themselves, but coupons. Mm. And I remember one time he was interviewed by a local paper and they said, you know, there's always somebody out there with picket signs protesting this, that, and the other thing saying, you know, Carl Carter hates women and blah, blah, blah. And finally one day he said, look, don't come picket at the store for the people who want to come have a burger, you know, and, and don't care. He said, if you want to get my attention, stop buying my stuff. That will get my attention. Yeah. And so I think we can have, you know, a quote unquote boycott of Target by doing what John did. Just don't shop there anymore. Yeah, you know, I watch know. their stock prices fall. You know, I know. You know? And well, they've been falling, actually. Oh, and like, that's what happened with Bud Light. 
Well, and you know what, though, Roger, let me just ask you real quick, and if I can pivot here for a second, mentioning stock prices and, and wise investments and things like that. Uh, I know this is something, you know, Dennis Wilson very well and Wilson Financial, and they're really good about making sure that people invest their money wisely. And, and uh, they're a sponsor to this podcast. Absolutely. When you think about your 401k, and we said this in 2008, if you have a 401k or IRA account, there's a good chance the stock market has been so volatile the past couple of years, your 401k is now a 201k or a 101k. And you don't realize because when you're putting that money aside in the 401k and you said, oh, this is great. I saved a little bit on my taxes this year and I'll take it out whenever I need it when I'm in retirement. Instead of realizing the government has a thing called a required minimum distribution which means once you hit age 70, you have to start taking money out. You have to get taxed on the money that you've earned and that you're taking out. And chances are you're not in a lower tax bracket. Now, knowing all of that, then you ask the question, well, what can I do to stop the the, the bleeding, if you will? That's why you call Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial to help you make the, the shift into an alternative with a Roth IRA that will actually help lower the tax burden once you get into retirement. How do you take Social Security out and not pay tax on that? These are questions that Dennis and his team can answer, and it's all legal. It's all above board. It's just that the large brokerage houses don't want you to know about it because they don't get paid if you take these different alternatives. Uh, contact Wilson Financial. It's easy to do. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Wilson Financial banner, or call 800 696 9970. It's amazing how these things, guys, are just hiding in plain sight. And all it takes is somebody, a good man of faith, integrity, who says, let me show you what you can really do instead of what the big brokerage houses want you to do. I mean, it's everybody's kind of in bed with the government on this, so they all take more of your money in retirement. And Dennis says, right. hey, wait, there's a better way. Let me show you a more excellent way. Yeah, absolutely. So as we kind of wind down the last part of this, this podcast, in talking about thankfulness and thanksgiving which for us is tomorrow as we record this john i know we were talking earlier about some of the things we're thankful for we're thankful that we have freedom of speech we're thankful that the company also gives us the freedom to say what we want to say but i'm curious especially in our last few minutes together guys just to talk about as believers in christ how important it is for us to have a thankful heart because you know what i know it's a cliche attitude of gratitude but john there really is something to and and by the way it's biblical it takes effort it goes against the grain to say i'm not going to focus on everything that's bad and negative you know what we got a lot to be thankful for and i think we need to remind ourselves no and bob i think you know especially maybe i think you guys could probably agree the older you get at least for me not that i wasn't Mm -hmm. thankful when i was younger i was then as well um, I, I try to make that just a part of my DNA in general, you know, knowing that I wouldn't be where I'm at without the guidance of our Heavenly Father on a regular routine basis. And granted, there's a lot of other mentors, you guys included, that help me out on a regular routine basis, which I'm also very, very thankful for. I guess for me personally, I just know that, you know, a college, non-educated, you know, high school educated guy that has literally just sort of irked it out all these years, learning from guys like you. I have a lot to be thankful for. I make that a part of my DNA on a daily basis. To your point, Bob, it's healthy. Uh, Yes, I know we talk about a lot of things and problems and so on that we try to, you know, get to the bottom of on a daily basis on our shows. But trust me, guys, at the end of the day, am I extremely grateful for where I'm at today and what the Lord has given to me and blessed me with? Absolutely. 
You know, Roger, John was saying that as you age, it makes you more thankful. So you have got to be really thankful. Yeah. Roger. <laughs> well, as the grayest member of the bunch, even though I don't know if I'm the oldest, but I'm definitely the grayest, that's for sure. I can resonate with everything John was saying just in terms of that attitude of gratitude and how it, the older we get, the more we really do appreciate the things that have happened in our lives and the ways that we can learn. I know we've been grateful for our relationship with our friends at Preborn, and I wanted to just give a special shout out here in addition to working with you guys and what a blessing it is and the fact that Crawford Broadcasting gives us this opportunity literally to speak our minds. I mean, there's a, we don't have that meeting saying, hey, uh, the other day Bob said this or Roger said that and we're going to you know, stifle you or you need to use this language. We basically, the Spirit speaks through us and we say what we say. But I want to thank David and Jackie who are National Crawford Roundtable listeners in my backyard here in San Diego, actually a little further south of where we are, uh, who made a donation this week took advantage of that match you were talking about, Bob, and made a $5,000 donation. Mm. And the thing I love about that is the fact that we know that $5,000 is a third of the way to an ultrasound machine mm. or divide that by 28 and how many different ultrasound appointments are going to be provided. And then there's a match that comes in on top of that. Right. And it's just, it's just, it's amazing to see how people will be inspired by what we're talking about here, hopefully challenged, exhorted, but then motivated to action, you know, to take that step that says, God's blessed us. We want to help these women who don't know that adoption's an option, who don't know that they, well, right. my only choice is abortion. I just, I, I'm grateful that we can speak the truth in love and then people can hear it and respond to it. I think that's just, absolutely. It, it, in age, it's just so important. And I'm it, grateful it really for that is. opportunity. It really is. And we just have so much to be thankful for. And I'm, I mean, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for you guys, quite frankly. I mean, John and Roger and Neil and what I learned from you guys uh, and iron sharpening iron. And just, it's just to, to have this kind of, these kinds of friendships, these kind of opportunities to share what we do. And of course, of everything that we could be thankful for, the ultimate uh, thanking our heavenly father for coming to earth, taking on human flesh and dying for Amen. our sins, so that we can be Amen. forgiven of our sins and have Amen. a place prepared for us in heaven. Yep. When we didn't earn it, we don't deserve it, and we get it anyway because our Heavenly Father loves us that much. So there's yeah. a, just a lot to be thankful for, folks. Roger, you were mentioning preborn, and I, I just want to remind our listeners that if you haven't given to preborn yet, take advantage of that matching dollar-for-dollar dollar anonymous donor. Uh, right now, you can do this, everybody, by giving to preborn. It's $28 to stop one abortion. And how many abortions would you be willing to stop? You're paying for ultrasound images. But really now, it's $28 stops two abortions from now through Christmas. So go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, give right there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. So can you do $5,000? Great. If it's less than that, maybe it's 10 babies and it's $280. Well, that would be actually be 20 babies right now. And we do need some heavy hitters out there that can buy ultrasound machines. They're $15,000 for an ultrasound machine. Be a great tax write-off for you or your business. And your forever legacy will be stopping thousands of abortions. But remember, that fifteen grand right now will actually buy two ultrasound machines. So crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, or just give them a call, 
baby and they answer the phones 24 7 we appreciate you folks doing that and john we also appreciate certainly adf and what yep. they have done to help Thank us, you. our, our listeners over the years they really have all done the same job. things you guys just said wilson preborn adf all apply crawfordmediagroup.net you business owners especially please click on that donate you do not understand how much that will affect you and your business and then of course trickle down into the rest of us as citizens as well. But as a fellow business owner, please give. I do. You need to. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving tomorrow. We certainly uh, wish Neil all the best as well. I know he'll be back with us next week. We look forward to moving toward Christmas time and a lot of things to continue talking about in this podcast week after week after week. And by the way, folks, we're very thankful for you in the audience. We appreciate you folks uh, listening to us, watching us on My Hope Now at myhopenow.com, which don't forget, follow My Hope Now wherever you follow follow your social media. We get a lot of five-star reviews and we thank you so much for that. To keep the five-star reviews coming, share this podcast with others as well in your social media, invite them to join us. So thank you folks for listening. Thanks for putting up with us uh, through the course (laughs) of the year. And I know each one of us at one time or another makes your eyes twitch. Okay. And, uh, but you still listen to us anyway, week after week. And we so much appreciate that. Uh, And Neil Baron, Neil Baron live out of Buffalo, New York. We look forward to having Neil back with us next week. Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line, People's Republic of California. John Rush, Rush to Reason, Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, Bob. You too. You bet. We'll see everybody. Thanks for listening. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. A view of today's culture through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Preborn. Saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth. Your generous financial support makes it possible for ADF to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. From your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.